Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. In the name of Jesus Christ, may in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, phobia, depression, destruction, stagnancy, ignorance, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to guide it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. You may be seated. Last Sunday, when we were listening to the sermon uh, about the isolation, uh, this was the sermon of pastor. After that sermon, many saints came up to me and asked pastor uh, to, to pass on a greeting to Pastor Arkady and Tamara and to tell them we love them, we are waiting for them. This greeting was passed on and the response today will be in the revelations that pastor has prepared for us. Allow me to read the greeting of our pastor in the format of the Word of God that will be uh, for those who are a part of the narrow gate and have the virtue of the virtuous wife or the good wife, the bride of the Lamb. Luke 24, 44. And Jesus, Jesus said to them, to his disciples, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And so that we as the participants of the body of Christ would share together with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about him in scripture, we will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the word of God and with the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth in the heart. What do we need to do from our side so that we can receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life? And this is taken from the book of Ephesians 4, 22-24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness. And to fulfill this decreeing commandment, we need to put three destiny-impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. These are to put off be renewed and put on. Fulfilling these three destiny impacting, commanding and fundamental requirements will determine 
whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath, or more specifically, will our salvation happen? That is given to us in the format of a seed, identifying the security deposit or deposit of our justification in the given to us salvation where we need to turn the three above mentioned acts into profit within the death of our Lord Jesus. Why? So that we in we can then receive it as a personal possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Otherwise, we will forever lose the justification that is given to us in the format of a deposit. Which is why then our names, which were written into the book of life when we made a covenant with God in the format of the given to us guarantee, will forever be blotted out of the book of life. In a specific format, we already looked at the process contained in the first two requirements. These are to put off and be made new or be renewed and have been studying the third, and that is to put on what conditions we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of the glory of our new person who is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth in Jesus Christ. Relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David where the Holy Spirit, with the wisdom and authority that He alone has, reveals the demands according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon, or God Most High. And this condition consists in us calling upon the Most High as to our God in our tight situation, in our difficult situation, when we are casting off the old man with his deeds. And so we call upon the Most High as to our God and proclaim the faith of our heart when we are in the circumstances of this hardship, proclaiming who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ, and what do we need to do so that we can inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ. We note that the given allegory is one of the most powerful and voluminous examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David and the name of God Most High and their violent conflict with our carnal mind in the form of King Saul and also with governing sin, who is our old person with his deeds. In its character, the Psalm of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of our legitimate prayer belonging to us as kings, priests, and prophets. First part identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of his prayer belonging to kings, priests, and prophets. In this first part, the Apostle showed us how we are to build an altar of ourselves. This identifies our motives. The second part opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis to deliver us in the image of David from the hands of all of our enemies. And so the consistency of legitimate prayer is the offering that is laid by us upon the existing altar. And the third part illustrates the prayer battle itself in an epic way, which is beyond the limitations of the typical human mind of man. This is already the offering process itself. When you have the altar, you have the offering, and now you bring this offering, the process of bringing this offering to the Lord. In a specific format, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, which opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. Getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David consisting of the eight names of God 
allow David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so that he can be saved from his enemies. And God getting to know and confessing the truth that opens the power of his names within the heart of David provided God with a legitimate basis to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against the enemies of David. And this is the Psalm, Psalm 18, 1 through 4. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Together, let us now repeat these eight names of God. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear all of these words. May he confirm them within our heart and make us worthy of these names. This is the blessing that our Apostle blesses us with. Our Apostle Arkady every time we proclaim them. In a specific format, we already looked at our inherited lot in Jesus Christ, studying the power of the first six names of God, and stopped to look at the seventh name of God, the horn of our salvation. The mighty power and authority of God in His glorious name, Horn, includes a very uh, great wealth of semantics. And this is, first, the sacral work that is being done in the temple of our body. The Horn is the non-diminishing, unsearchable nature of the power of God in His strength. It is the eternal and unquestionable power of God over the living and dead. It is The Horn is the power of the might of God to keep those that are condemned to death. The horn is the power of the might of God showing that death is unavoidable. The horn is the power of the might of God to perform judgment and righteousness by his servants. This is the power of the might of God to demonstrate his wrath over the vessels of wrath and mercy over the vessels of mercy. The power of the might of God to sow and gather what was sown. This is a horn. The horn is the power of the might of God to split and to separate. The horn is the power of the might of God to destroy and to construct. The power of God to restore what is destroyed, the power of the might of God to blot out the sins of his nation, the power of the might of God to perform signs and miracles, and horn is the power of the might of God to blot out the names of sinners from the book of life. This is the rich or wealth, uh, richness or wealth of semantics that are present. Uh, you see all that might and all this might he's put into his word and has shown it to us in his son, the, a living person, his son, Jesus Christ. He is the living written word, word in action. The father has reflected himself, identified himself within his son, who has grown the word of God inside of himself in the form of fruit. In scripture, the name of God in the functioning meaning horn is used as a symbol of might and strength, which is military weaponry or armor. And so again, God's horn is a symbol of might and strength, which is military weaponry or armor for those who have the rank of warriors in prayer. And as warriors in prayer, we are called to clothe ourselves into the given function 
of might so that we can successfully resist the organized powers of darkness who resist us to get or get in our way of fulfilling the will of God both within our body as well as out of our body as it is written finally my brethren as be strong in the Lord in the power of his might Ephesians 6:10. here Apostle Paul asks the Saints to confess Lord you are the horn of my salvation how are you strengthened with the Lord and in the power of his might and this all of this we needed to study and answer four classical questions in what works signs and symbols do we see demonstrated the characteristics and qualities that the scriptures ascribe the virtue of God in the functioning meaning of his name horn second what functions in our relationship with God are the qualities contained in the name of God horn called to fulfill third what conditions do we need to fulfill so that we can provide God with legitimate grounds upon which to show himself in the accomplishment of our salvation in the function of his name horn and by what signs do we examine ourselves as to whether God abides within our heart in the function of his name horn and that we are clothed into the virtue of his name horn we already studied the first question in eight of its components and stopped to study the question two let's read it second question what functions in our relationship with God are the qualities contained in the name of God Horn called to fulfill and so what functions what purpose why do we need to collaborate with this name of God Horn the Horn of our salvation setting the power of the first function in the purpose of the might of God within our heart in the virtue of the name of God Horn we stopped on the sixth component in applying the blood of the sacrifice with our finger upon the horns of the bronze altar when dedicating ourselves as a priest to God called to cleanse us from the leprosy of our body our clothing and our house and so before we continue to look at leprosy we need to understand that this is possible you can be cleansed, be healed from this leprosy by confessing with our mouth and confessing with our mouth uh, is the finger that applied the blood upon the horns and to do this to be able to confess you need to create within yourself this bronze altar that had four horns first you need to have within yourself bronze bronze is Uh, is is the judgment so bronze altar then came the golden altar also having four horns this is the might and power of God and so you need to get to the golden altar from the bronze altar and so if we first don't apply the blood upon the horns with our finger that is with our confessions and bronze as pastor explained means that I'm dead to sin and gold that means we are living to God in the bronze uh, at the bronze altar we condemn something so that at the golden altar we live for something you leave something at the bronze altar and take yourself from someone or something at, and then at the golden altar you give yourself to someone or something the presence of bronze and gold needs to be within our heart and this bronze altar had uh, was five uh, cubits wide and long and was three cubits high which means spirit soul and body and 
that five-fold service needs to be present, the five, five cubits. And it, all these five-fold can be, the service can be within one person. And so this means that before God, you have these, when you have its qualities within yourself. And so how do I demonstrate that within my own, my own altar, three cubits, my spirit, soul, and body, where the presence and existence of the apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and teachers need to be present? Uh, can we confess the faith of our heart? This is how we determine whether we have this prophet, evangelist, teacher. To confess the faith of your heart, you need to first cleanse your heart, and then you need to bring in the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ that can only be given to you from a messenger of God in the elementary teaching. And then the waters at the cell groups, you renew your mind with the spirit of your mind, and you then confess also with your meek or gentle mouth what you've concealed in your heart, what you renewed your mind with. And then looking at this, the Lord determines whether we have within our essence all of these services, the fivefold service. And so if we don't have the presence of these, then we may be formally members of the church, but we are excommunicated in God's eyes. Leprosy itself in the midst of the chosen by God nation is an ulcer that can appear upon the body of a person or upon his clothing or his house, which in scripture is presented as vengeance for sin, the sin of the arrogance of the human mind that resists God and has the audacity to fulfill a function that does not belong to him. Regarding people that will end up leprous in Israel, God gave the command that their clothing be torn up, their head not be covered, and he needs to cover the area of his mouth and cry out, unclean, unclean, and he needs to live alone and live outside of the camp. Leviticus 13, 45, 46. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean all the days. He has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, he shall dwell, dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside of the camp. And so clothing that is torn up symbolizes the righteousness that man has lost. A head that is uncovered symbolizes a lost image of one who has who does not acknowledge the messengers or delegated authority of God over himself. And so the torn up clothing that 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 covered the area of his mouth, the material, that cloth that he used to cover up his mouth, uh, his mouth which the lepers were needed to use to, to shout, unclean, unclean, represent an undisciplined mouth of a man or the lost image of a meek or gentle tongue. And so you again You've lost your righteousness, the torn up clothing. You no longer acknowledge God's authority over yourself. This is an uncovered head and you have an undisciplined mouth, an un a mouth that is not meek, not gentle. Although he may be formally a member of the church uh, physically, but in God's eyes, he is excommunicated from the church because he lost righteousness. He lost his ability to acknowledge God's uh, messengers and this this is a person that does not have a disciplined mouth or gentle mouth. To live alone outside of the camp of the nation is a symbol of a person who is excommunicated from the church or excommunicated from the body of Christ, although formally he is a member of the church. 
within the body of Christ or within Jesus Christ, these three, which are plagued with the leprosy of sin, are presented together as one whole, identified within three functions. Therefore, leprosy, which has plagued one of the three areas, immediately spreads to all three of the areas. Therefore, we need to identify the essence of these three areas within our own essence, which make themselves known in the New Testament by those who are plagued. We have been studying leprosy able to plague. This is the first able to plague the body of the Israelites in the essence of the function of justification given to us by the grace of God in Jesus Christ, which dependent upon us reasons is able to end up as a plague of the leprosy of sin. Justification given freely, received freely, can become leprous. We have been studying leprosy able to plague the garments of the Israelites as the function of the fruit of righteousness within our essence, grown by us from the seed of justification, which dependent upon us reasons can also end up as a plague of the leprosy of sin. And the third symbol of leprosy able to plague the houses of the Israelites as our part is the membership or partaking to the body of Christ within our essence, which dependent upon us reasons can also end up as a plague of leprosy of sin. Understandably, it is important for us to not only identify leprosy as in these three areas, but even more important to specify the condition that when fulfilled will allow, will allow us to heal from the existing leprosy in these three areas not just to protect ourselves, but each one individually, we need to be healed from this leprosy because we once were carnal and infants. And uh, that means we have this leprosy and we all are in need of healing of this spiritual leprosy so that it not uh, spread within us. Studying the question, for what reasons is the received by us justification able to be plagued with the leprosy of sin? It's speaking of a person, who, an Israelite who is plagued with sin, and what do we need to do to be healed from such a nature of leprosy? We came to the conclusion that our justification received by us by the gift of the grace of God in Jesus Christ is able to be plagued with the leprosy of sin when we refuse the given to us justification by faith in Jesus Christ and attempt rather with deeds of personal good work done by us in our service to God to again obtain this justification. First, to be healed from such a nature of leprosy, it is necessary for us to reject the concept of good works. <clears throat> coming from the thoughts of our carnal mind. Doing so will allow us to restore the given to us justification in the redeeming sacrifice of Christ. And second, it is necessary to break all ties or relationships with people who continue with their own personal righteousness, rejected the righteousness given to them by God freely by faith in Jesus Christ. It is written Galatians 5, 4, 5. You have become strangers from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So for us to be healed from leprosy that plagues our, our, our justification, we need to first break our relationship with people who continue to remain in their own personal righteousness to reject, and second, to reject the concept of good works that is inspired by the flesh, 
uh, what a person uses to earn his justification. Studying the question for what reasons is the fruit of righteousness which we have grown from the seed of justification, these are our garments, able to be plagued with the leprosy of sin. And in what way do we need to utilize the truth consisting in the blood of the cross of Christ to be healed from this kind of leprosy? We came to the conclusion that the fruit of righteousness grown by us from the received by a seed of justification is able to end up leprous with sin when we are filled with judgment do the wicked. And so this is where our righteousness can be plagued with leprosy. Job 36, 16, 17. Indeed, he would have brought you out of dire distress into a broad place where there is no restraint, and what is set on your table would be full of richness. But you are filled with judgment, do the wicked. Judgment and justice take hold of you. Job 36, 16, 17. You see how simple it is to obtain this leprosy. He says, judgment and judge and justice take hold of you. First, to be healed from such a nature of leprosy, it is necessary for us to first judge only those things which are within the parameters or boundaries of our responsibility. And second, execute written judgment of those things that are under our responsibility consisting in the words of God coming from the mouth of God which are imprinted upon the pages of the Holy Scriptures as well as within our heart. And so how can our righteousness, our garments be plagued with leprosy when we begin to judge and spread rumors about people that we carry no responsibility for? Or when we speak or spread information about people we are responsible for, but we don't do this according to Scripture. And so let us, as Pastor has uh, asked more than once, we need to desist and stop spreading uh, information. As someone may say that I received this word or this information I carry and carry it around with me, and then I began to share it uh, with other people, and the righteousness has now been plagued with leprosy. Why? Because we judge about things that we are not responsible for. I, for example, in service, never have the right to spread information about others. If I hear it, I don't spread uh, this to other people. And so if I hear information, I just pray about this person so that my righteousness not be plagued with leprosy. And so if since we're confessed and been, have been thrown into hell, never ever sit and listen to someone saying, do you know that I know this about someone else? Why? Because now you have been... Uh, now you have been uh, plagued and you need to be free of this. I've learned that I should never judge people that I am not responsible for. And even if I am judging those that are within the parameters of my responsibility, I only do it according to Scripture. Uh, 
And so a person may ask, well, should I be confessing when I've already shared this information to, with a lot of my friends and get, told it to other people as well? And so I need to remain, again, in my own territory and within church. If anyone's within the territory of this church, there's only one we need to confess our sins to, Pastor Arkady, uh, or one that he may have placed to be able to receive in, my, in the case of myself um, as a servant to be able to do that. And so it is a plague and rebellion before God when you spread uh, information, uh, negative information about other people, even if it's true. Studying the question, for what reasons can our partaking to the body of Christ become plagued by the leprosy of sin? Here we're talking about leprosy that can be upon our house. And what do we need to do from our sides to be healed from the nature, from this nature of leprosy? Our partaking to the body of Christ or membership to the body of Christ called to be our home can end up plagued with the leprosy of sin if we, after finding the virtuous wife, will not possess the ability to correspond to the demands of her virtue until we condemn our carnal state in the form of our spiritual infancy. Until we are within spiritual infancy, we're carnal men, we have this leprosy uh, of sin because we don't correspond to the demands of the virtuous wife. We don't correspond while we're still in spiritual infancy, while we're still carnal. This says what? That our house, it has leprosy, it's plagued with leprosy. But you don't need to immediately destroy this this house. The scriptures say that you just need to remove the stones that have that leprosy uh, and wait. If no other leprosy appears, you just put in new stones, replace them with new stones, and the uh, priest will then come in and announce this house or proclaim that this house has been is now clean. It's terrible when a situation occurs where God has no interest anymore within a person. Because, and this is uh, like, for example, the sin of Lucifer. And this, plagues con- this plague continues to uh, spread and spread and spread. And if a garments are plagued, then that clothing typically was burned. Um, and even if a person prayed attractive prayers before God, used uh, attractive words or poetry, uh, God didn't hear them because they, their righteousness has been plagued, has been lost. They, know, they don't have righteousness. They don't acknowledge God's messengers. And their mouth is not meek. And so that's why they were required to shout, unclean, unclean. So people heard that they were unclean. We are continually in the spiritual infancy infancy we are continually stumbling being attracted by various winds of doctrine 
these various other doctrines and teachings come from false apostles and false prophets whom we have elected by the method of abominable democratic majority by the cunning craftiness of deception. Therefore, what specifically do we need to do from our side to be healed and cleansed from this form of leprosy? The answer is simple. To be healed and cleansed from this nature of leprosy consisting in a leprosy that has plagued our partaking or membership to the virtuous wife, it is necessary to pay the price for the ability to be in accordance to the requirements of the virtuous wife. Looking at 16 virtues which the virtuous wife has, her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain since she does him good and not evil all the days of her life that are purposed for her by God. Therefore, she seeks, according to the book of Proverbs, she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maid servants, she considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. Six, she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. Eighth, the, she stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. Ninth, the, she extends her hand to the poor, yet she reaches out her hands to the needy. Tenth, she is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with a scarlet or double garment. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Twelfth, she makes linen garments and sells them and, and supplies sashes for the merchants. Thirteen, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time of coming. That is to the future. Fourteen, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. 15. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 16. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. All of these virtues by the signs of which we need to examine ourselves that we have cleansed ourselves from the leprosy of sin by applying the blood of the sacrifice upon the bronze horns of the bronze altar are elements of the fruit of righteousness grown by us in the Eden of our good heart, which are diluted one in one in the other, have an incredible balance with one the other, and identify the truthful nature of one the other. Considering that we are studying all of these virtues within the temple of our body when we are looking at the husband, not just within the church, but these 16 characteristics of the virtuous wife, this church of Christ, we're studying within the temple of our own body. Why in the temple of our own body? Because we're talking about the leprosy that I can have when my house is not corresponding to God's house into which I come. And so all of these virtues, 16 virtues, we are studying within the temple of our personal body. And, and so studying the husband of the virtuous wife, this is our new person who represents the interests of Christ in the form of our husband within the temple of our body. <clears throat> and so the husband we are reading, this is our new person, our spirit. The virtuous wife herself is our soul. Pastor 
recommended in his sermons recently that the virtuous wife is the church, but also here she symbolizes our soul, which we have lost in the death of our Lord Jesus when we died through the law for the law and then reobtained our soul in the resurrection of Jesus Christ in a new form where she became able not to try to fulfill or attempt to fulfill the role of the new person and has now the virtue, she now has the virtue of of the virtuous wife. Our soul needs to have these virtues. Virtue or good work itself are the fruits of our spirit produced by the tree of life within 12 months of the holy year which we have grown in the Eden of our good heart by our collaboration with the truth of the word concealed within our good heart and with the Holy Spirit revealing the significance of the true word concealed in our heart as it is written, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10 This is written to those saints, to those Christians, who have or possess this soul in the status of the virtuous wife. The virtuous wife or a soul that has experienced the death of the Lord Jesus. We have it and, or we need to have it, is more accurate. Therefore, if our good works are not the fruit of our spirit grown by us in the Eden of our heart, then these are just typical, typical works of the flesh for which wrath comes upon the sons of resistance. Considering the fact that good or virtuous works is our purpose which is elevated in rank of our calling, we conclude that virtuous works are 16 components consisting in three primary requirements <clears throat> identifying our first most or primary purpose as well as our first most calling these are the three I will remind us of them and that pastor has been teaching us where all 16 of these characteristics are present first casting off of ourselves our old man with his deeds second renewing our mind with the spirit of our mind and third clothing our body into the new person if a person abides in these three they are present in him, he lives with them, then he can demonstrate the 16 characteristics of the virtuous wife. His soul will be able to demonstrate them. Eight of the qualities of the qualities of the virtuous wife have already been elements of our study. We will shortly remind ourselves of them. First quality of a virtuous wife consists in her seeking wool and flax and willingly working with her hands. To get wool from the sheep, it is necessary to shear the sheep with your own hands, which upon practice means to die for your corrupt thoughts and your desires. This is what it means to shear your sheep. The symbol of the wool growing from the body of a sheep are the works of the flesh with which a person is trying to gain God's favor. At the same time, wool that is sheared off of the sheep is a symbol of us carrying the dying of the Lord Jesus within our body. 2 Corinthians 4.10 Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Always carrying, Apostle Paul writes, and in another place he says, every day I die. He doesn't say abstractly. We are always continuously carrying the dying. And in, and so here he says, always carrying about the bot in, in my body the dying, but in another place he says, I die every day. 
we carry this in ourselves every day. We die for something every day. Therefore, the symbol of ha- of handmade clothing of wool, which was worn by the priests on top of the linen layer, serving for them as a symbol of the fruit of righteousness, symbolizes a righteous person who performs righteousness. As it is written, he, is, he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Revelations 22.11 <clears throat> Wool, symbol of righteousness, the symbol of a handmade clothing of linen, which cleanses our justification from leprosy, is our justification received by us in Jesus Christ by the gift of the grace of God. Because of the received by us justification in the blood of the cross of Christ, we can count ourselves dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the not-existent stronghold of incorruption, incorruption as existent. Specifically, clothing yourself into such garments of wool and linen, First you put linen on, and then you put on wool. We, as God's priests, are called to enter into the holy place and sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice that was shed upon the bronze altar of burnt offering, the curtain of the temple, and the horns of the golden altar to cleanse the produced by us fruit of righteousness from leprosy. A very interesting components. Uh, we have these two uh, layers of clothing, the linen garments of justification that cleanse this leprosy and also the wool layer where we die for our former way of life and begin to live for God in the garments of justification and perform God's righteousness this is very important and needs to be before the Lord a prayer with this kind of needs to be brought to God with these kinds of garments second quality of a virtuous wife consists in her being like the merchant ships she brings her food from afar merchants are people who were involved in trade or sales who built ships for transporting purchased by them product from far countries the turnaround or proceeds from sales was their food therefore the symbol of food which was a result of the transaction of the invested by a silver is the price which we have paid for the received revelation of the Holy Spirit called to reveal to us the significance of the truth concealed within our heart. <clears throat> Therefore, trade is the principle by which we are able to obtain spiritual food consisting in the bread of life for which we pay a price consisting in two things. She gets her food from afar she gets her spiritual food from afar from afar is you need to pay a a specific price so that you can get the spiritual food from afar here are the two prices so that we can have the right to this food this bread first being a member of your church organic member and second honoring God with your tithes and offerings within your church. These two prices have been presented by the apostles so that we can receive our food from afar. Here's a place of scripture in confirmation, Hebrews 10, 25-27. For not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as it is, it is the manner of some, but extorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer remains a sacrifice for our sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Hebrews 10, 25-27 
Proverbs 3, 9, 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And so these two uh, components being an organic member of the Church of Christ and then when we honor God with our tithes and our offerings, they allow us to get our food from afar. And any revelation that we hear from this place we can read it uh, and or it could be passed on to us in a great way it all depends on the person if it is afar for us if we need to write it clearly upon our heart any revelation that is offered to us by the apostle uh, until it is written clearly upon our heart the lord says that this bread is still afar and you need to pay the price so that you can bring it from afar so that it can be written clearly upon the tablets of your heart and for this, of course, you need to continue to pray the appropriate price. Any revelation I hear from the Apostle, I can explain some of them, but they can be still afar for me as well. Any revelation that I hear can be very, uh, very far. I read it, but it's far. I need to stand very close to it, then it will become close when it's written clearly upon the tablets of my own heart as well. Third quality of a virtuous wife consists in her rising while it is yet night and providing food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. We're talking about our soul. What our soul needs to do to be cleansed from leprosy that has plagued our righteousness. We see here our soul and it needs to have this image of the virtuous wife. The symbol of the night is our life within the limits of time because when we cross the river of time, then on the other side of this river, which is eternity, there will not be night. The symbol of our household and our maidservants living within our body within the limits of, of time is the fruit of our spirit consisting in our godly thoughts and desires. Who are our servants? our household and our maidservants, <clears throat> these are our godly thoughts and desires that serve our spirit. And the soul needs to take care of it. Therefore, food for godly thoughts and desires is prayer that is in both tongues and in your original language, containing imperishable promises concealed in our heart in the format of the fruit of, of the faith of God that when confessed we provide food for our household and a portion for our maidservants. First <clears throat> Corinthians fourteen, fourteen, fifteen. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding, I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. So every time we read these words, I will pray with my mind and sing with my mind. That means my our soul needs to be the virtuous wife. Pray the revelations we are we received in the church and pray from our heart. Fourth quality of a virtuous wife consists in her considering a field and buying it. 
Matthew 13:44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The field is our body. The treasure hidden in our field are the oath promises of God, given for our body, which belongs to the door of our hope, consisting in its adoption by the redemption of Christ. And so the field that has this treasure is a body that has within it the revelations, the promises at the door of our hope. This field, <clears throat> you can ask the question, how many Christians in churches have this field that have these promises of God in, in them? <clears throat> The salvation of our body is the calling of our saved soul, which we have lost in the death of our Lord Jesus and reobtained in a new form in His resurrection, which is why our soul becomes a rod of God. Our soul, the virtuous wife, becomes a rod of God with which we are able to collaborate with the name of God, Horn. <clears throat> She considers a field and buys it, and so without the soul we can't purchase this field. We need to consider it. You see how much the Lord uses our soul, how important this is, because without the virtuous wife, without our soul, God will not be able to clothe our body into the new person. Let us remember, <clears throat> we need to deny that our former way of life, cast off, and after that, be renewed by the spirit of our mind. Renew our mind, yes. We need to demonstrate before God the virtue of the virtuous wife and then clothe ourselves, our bodies, into the new person. Without the soul, <clears throat> the adoption of our body will not happen. <clears throat> the soul is very important in our salvation. It says, Apostle writes, Brother, save your souls. We are saved in hope, it's written. Apostle, you may, you may ask, how do we save our soul? Our soul needs to be in the form of this virtuous wife. Fifth quality of a virtuous wife consists in her planting a vineyard from her prophets. To plant a vineyard with your own hands in the soil of our good heart indicates growth, the ability to be filled with the Holy Spirit or to be led by the Holy Spirit. Hosea 14, 6-8 his branches shall spread, his beauty shall be like an olive tree, and his fragrance like Lebanon. Those who dwell under the shadow shall be returned, they shall be uh, revived like grain, and the grow, and grow like a vine. Their scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard and observed him. I am like a green cypress tree. Your, fruits, your fruit is found in me. <clears throat> And so we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're led by the Holy Spirit. As the Apostle showed us in the example of Noah, he walked before God. But before, he first needed to be a righteous, upright person and then walk before God. To walk before God means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit. Enoch also walked before God when he bore Methuselah. 300 years he walked. And so, to walk before God means to be led by the Holy Spirit, and being led by the Holy Spirit, without the presence of Methuselah, the revelation that God gives us 
his promises in the format of a seed or guarantee. And so our spirit And so we don't live a very long life uh, here on earth. Of course, people try to stay in shape and, and continue to be as healthy as possible. But as it is, people don't live a very long time on earth. And so within this time that is given to us, we need to obtain our soul in the death and, and have it go through the death of the Lord Jesus. And then afterwards, save our soul with the, save our body with the soul. <coughs> If our soul does not obtain the virtue of this virtuous wife, then all will be lost, including the spirit. Sixth quality of a virtuous wife consists in her girding herself with strength and strengthening her arms. Here it's referring to the girding of the loins of your mind with the strength of the truth which is concealed in your heart by confessing them with our gentle or meek mouth. The verb gird means to discipline your mind so that it abide in the fear of the Lord. To strengthen the arms of your spiritual person means to meditate about the law of the Most High and to pray in tongues. 1 Peter 1, 13-16 Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children not conforming yourself to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who calls you in, is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter 1, 13-16. And so that is how she strengthens the arms of, of strengthens her arms. And this is how she girds herself up with strength and strengthens her arms. <clears throat> Here we're reading the, this place of scripture, and so one truth comes from another truth, or flows from another truth. The messenger who gives us this word, this is a great work. I can't. I can do. I can do some work with things, but I cannot offer to you or pass on to you all of these uh, truths to be overlapping, connecting together, one flowing from the next one, and one confirming the next one. And it's not enough just to have uh, special gifts, just regular human gifts. You need God's uh, delegation in this case. Seventh, quality of a virtuous wife consists in the fact that she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. Perceiving that her merchandise is good means to be nourished by curds and honey so you may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Isaiah 7.15, curds and honey he shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. <clears throat> our lamp, which is our born from God's spirit, not going out by night, means that we are abiding in the first love when it comes to God. The first love for God is the state of our heart, focused more on listening to the preached word than offering sacrifices. And we're focused on producing fruit and not practic practicing of spiritual gifts. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 5.1 Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they do evil. 
she knows her lamp is not burning out and her merchandise is good because her priorities are right. To have the right priorities, you need to know what good and evil is to re- reject the evil and choose the good. And in this good, you need to place the right priorities of God. The scripture says, you can you hear people say, uh, we need to test everything. To test anything, the scriptures say, uh, by learning, or God teaches that by learning the truth, uh, you then begin to understand what is good and what is evil, so that you can um, build your priorities correctly. And so you, people ask the question, is wine drinking bad or good? Of course it's bad. You don't need to go and test all of these things. And so they try to experience and test things because they take what is written literally without understanding the uh, context of it or what it really means. <clears throat> look at what the churches today are filled with. Why do, we, why do you need to experience, look at what, what people do in other churches? That should be sufficient. And so, please don't misunderstand. I do love sincerely brothers and sisters in other denominations, but I say in general that these also are present uh, different forms of sin. Eighth, quality of a virtuous wife consists in her stretching out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. The symbol of the hands that are stretched out to the distaff and hands which hold the spindle is the process of spinning wool yarn derived from the wool shearing from your sheep sheared from your sheep, which is uh, fulfilling the command to count yourself dead to sin and living for God, proclaiming the not-existent stronghold of incorruption in your body as existent, providing therefore God the legitimate foundation to erect the stronghold of incorruption in our body and clothe our body into the resurrection of Christ in the form of our new person. You see what a wonderful identification what it means that she takes uh, stretches out her hands to the distaff and, and her hands hold the spindle. Count yourself dead to sin, living for God. Proclaim the not existent within your body as existent. The stronghold of incorruption within your body. This means, this is what it means to hold the spindle and stretch out your hand to the distaff. <clears throat> Romans 10.8, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation Romans 10 8 through 10 and so if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus believe in your heart then your soul is saved and it's presented to us here, this distaff and spindle. <clears throat> Ninth quality of a virtuous wife consists in her extending her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. Deuteronomy 15.11 For the poor will never cause, never cease from the land. Therefore I command you, saying, You shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor and your needy in your land. Deuteronomy 15.11 this is our soul. 
Looking at the virtuous wife, we are looking at the reasonable and will abilities of our soul lost in the death of the Lord Jesus and reobtained in his resurrection. <clears throat> the land in which we are called to extend our hand to the poor and needy is our body. The poor and needy living within our body is our new person who completely depends upon the reasonable and will abilities of our soul. Therefore, extending your hand to the poor and reaching out your hand to the needy <clears throat> is to present the thoughts of God, identifying our godly thoughts and desires and, and the quality of our gentle or meek tongue that is in use at or the disposal of our spirit. Psalm 143, 3-8 How all of this happens, we need to stretch, stretch out our hand to the poor and needy, <clears throat> and the one that is poor and needy is our spirit. He is in need, and our soul needs to stretch out its hand to the spirit. Let's look at this allegory. For the enemy has persecuted my soul, he has crushed my life to the ground, he has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Therefore my spirit is overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is distressed. My heart within me is distressed, my spirit is overwhelmed. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all your works, I muse on the works of your hands. I spread out my hands to you, my soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For I lift up my soul to you. And so our soul needs to correspond to the quality of the virtuous wife. And if our soul will not be poor and needy, and so when we say that our soul becomes a virtuous wife it has been it has died in the death of the lord jesus and resurrected that means the soul has submerged into death and, and being submerged into death it becomes also poor and needy or is a broken a broken spirit and the virtuous wife they work together in union tenth quality of a virtuous wife consists in her not being afraid of snow for her household for all her household is clothed with scarlet, or clothing of two layers. Snow for her household, <clears throat> in this case, is the power of governing sin ruling within our body, or the body of man born from the seed of the word of truth. <clears throat> Again, snow in this situation is governing sin, the power of governing sin. But because he is carnal, he resists all that comes from the Spirit of God. He is under the guard of the law, which is why he resists all that comes from the Spirit of God. <clears throat> clothing with scarlet is clothing consisted of two layers, that is clothing that the priests put on to dedicate themselves as priests, which kept them from the snow in the form of governing sin, because we in the status of the priests of God have died for governing sin within our body, and by doing so have come out from under the guard of the law. Exodus 28, 2 through 
43, <coughs> it'll be selective places. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. Make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as a priest. They shall take the gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and the fine linen, and they shall make the ephod of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen, and artistically worked. For Aaron's sons, you shall make tunic, and you shall make sashes for them, you shall make hats for them for glory and beauty, and you shall make for them linen trousers to cover their nakedness. They shall reach from the waist to the, tie, to the thigh. They shall be on Aaron and on his sons when they come into the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister in the holy place, that they do not incur iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever to him and his descendants after him. That means a person needs to keep himself from the snow. This is the presence of death in our body when we begin to freeze. Governing sin. It is necessary to have these two layer garments, those linen and wool layers. Need to come up. Uh, from justification come into righteousness or grow the fruits of fruit of righteousness within yourself that way you will be saved from this snow 11th quality of a virtuous wife consists in her making tapestry for herself her clothing is fine linen and purple in Hebrew tapestry referring to the adornment of a bride in the form of a beautiful covering which is in the ancient world was used during wedding ceremonies to cover the head of the bride and Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening and he lifted his eyes and looked and there the camels were coming then Rebecca lifted her eyes and when she saw Isaac she dismounted from her camel for she had said to the servant who is this man walking in the field to me or to meet us. The servant said, It is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her, so Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Today such a covering adorning our head is acknowledging the authority of the word over yourself given by the messengers of God, giving us the legitimate right to live in the secret place of the Most High and to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91, 1-4 He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover your you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge his truth shall be your shield and buckler the symbol of the clothing of fine linen and purple is the state of a righteous heart which reveal reveals itself in the thoughts of our soul renewed by the spirit of our mind placed in dependence of our righteous heart and such collaboration of our righteous heart with our mind renewed by the spirit of our mind makes our head in the likeness of Mark Carmel and the hair on our head as your tresses which are in the likeness of the color purple. Songs of Solomon 7.5 Your head crowns you like Mount Carmel and the hair of your head is like purple. A king is held captive by your tresses. 
The word Carmel means garden or a fertile land. This was the birthplace of David's wife, Abigail the Carmelite. At the same time, purple garments and garments of kings implying, these are garments of kings implying royal authority of our renewed mind over the will and emotions of our soul, placed in dependence of our heart. Because the virtuous wife has a covering of these garments, uh, cover, and she has the covering and these garments made of purple and fine linen, she rejoices in time to come. In our situation, this indicates the state of a righteous heart, where our lamp joyously burns. Proverbs 13.9 The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. <clears throat> An amazing uh, collaboration of a righteous heart with our mind. Very important. The collaboration of linen and purple, which allow the virtuous wife or our soul to look to the future joyously. <clears throat> and this linen and purple is the state of a righteous heart. And the purple color, our renewed mind. Purple is the color of kings. When our mind is in the form of a king, that means our soul has been renewed with the spirit of our mind. And so when it says linen and purple of our soul, that means we have a righteous heart. Our spirit and purple, we have a renewed mind. And these two together allow us to look to our future with joy. The twelfth quality of a virtuous wife consists in her making linen garments and selling them and supplying sashes for the merchants. She makes linen garment she she makes linen garments and she supplies sashes for the merchants, the Phoenician merchants. <clears throat> and so coverings and sashes is what it's referring to here. And so, covering means you're under God's order or His delegated authority, but also we need to have our sash. She makes these linen garments, sells them, and supplies sashes for the merchants. Considering that the Phoenician merchants are the reasonable abilities of our, of our soul, renewed by the spirit of our mind, then the symbol of the linen garments as coverings that the virtuous wife makes and sells to the Phoenician merchants and supplies with these sashes. She supplies the merchants with these sashes also. And so these coverings that she makes and sells And so again, these uh, merchants, these are the reasonable abilities of our soul renewed by the spirit of our mind, the symbol of the linen garments as coverings that the virtuous wife makes and sells to the Phoenician merchants. It's interesting what the pastor shows here, not just acknowledging God's order over us, we're not just talking about the church in general, but also about us in, in 
specifically within us, acknowledging God's delegated authority within ourselves, And so these coverings that she makes and sells is, is acknowledging the authority of the mind of our new person over the reasonable abilities of our soul renewed by the spirit of our mind. The symbol of the sashes which the virtuous wife sells to the Phoenician merchants is the discipline or the girding of the reasonable abilities of our soul with the truth with the elementary teaching of Christ concealed within our heart. Colossians 3, 8-11 But now you yourself are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed by the in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there was neither Greek nor Jew circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. <clears throat> and so you need to achieve such a state by having the covering on your head and the sash with which you gird yourself. You acknowledge the authority of the mind of our new person over our will and emotions. And so without the ability to discipline the reasonable abilities of our soul, our soul will not ever be able to acknowledge the authority of our new person. And so I've noted these for myself specifically, covering and sashes that we are to have. The disciplining and girding of our reasonable abilities and acknowledging the authority of the power of the mind of our new person over ourselves. If we have these, then we will, if we have these in ourselves, we will also be acknowledging God's messengers and His delegated authority within the church itself. Thirteenth, the quality of a, of a virtuous wife consists in strength and honor being her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. The symbol of clothing, of strength and honor, is our membership to the body of Christ, presented in Scripture in the strength of Zion, which is the perfection of beauty. Psalm 50, 1-3 A Psalm of Asaph, the Mighty One, God the Lord, has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Our God shall come, he shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. Because the virtuous wife, due to her covering and her garments, consisting of strength and honor, is able to rejoice in time to come, in our situation, this indicates the state of our righteous heart in which our lamp burns brightly. Again, this place, the light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. Proverbs 13.9 And so our lamp will burn joyously or brightly. And the beauty that is in Zion, the perfection of beauty, Fourteenth, quality of a virtuous wife consists in her opening her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. 
Her kind tongue are lips that are disciplined with the truth, concealed in the heart of the virtuous wife, which is elevated in rank of the wisdom of God. These disciplined lips, they are disciplined by the truth, the truth that is concealed in the heart of our virtuous wife. Proverbs 15.4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 15.4, therefore the law of kindness consisting in wisdom coming from the mouth of the virtuous wife is contrary to the leprosy of rotten or nasty words coming from the mouth of carnal people, plaguing with the leprosy of sin their body as well as their membership or partaking to the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. And so she opens up her mouth with wisdom, <clears throat> and there's the law. If we have this virtuous wife, then we will discipline our tongue and not allow ugly words to come to discipline your tongue it's possible when we have the bridle the elementary teaching of Christ when we don't have the truth with which we can discipline our tongue then we will not be able to discipline our tongue because our bridle is missing ugly words are not just bad words that are passed on ugly words is are also words that a person confesses but does not believe with his heart these are not the possession of his own heart. Fifteenth quality of a virtuous wife consists in her watching over the ways of her household and her, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Idleness is carelessness, laziness, futility, emptiness, uselessness, or worthlessness. Therefore, idle people are people trying to live off another or off someone else and using those that are close to them <clears throat> to benefit in their greedy goals. However, in this given situation, it is referring to the form of such a nature of idleness where a person ascribes to himself the revelations of the messengers of God when at the same time not acknowledging their authority and therefore eat the bread of idleness. <clears throat> Claiming for themselves the revelations when a person does not actually acknowledge the person giving the revelations. <clears throat> John 13:20 Most assuredly I say to you he who receives whomever I send receives me and he who receives me receives him who sent me therefore the price that needs to be paid for the bread of life in the format of the preached word of the messengers of God is acknowledging their authority over yourself and be obedient to them <clears throat> Acknowledge the authority that is placed over us and not uh, Try to determine what is good and evil with your own mind. <clears throat> and so refusal to acknowledge their authority over yourself, which God has placed over us, and instead attempting with your own mind to determine what is good and what is evil, brings out the leprosy of sin upon our garments, upon our body, and upon our membership to the body of Christ. <clears throat> And so it's important that we not just come to this place, but actually listen, hear the words that uh, that we hear. 
and immediately change or fix the situation in which we may be in uh, or leave certain things that we need to leave and that we don't eat the bread of idleness. <clears throat> and so when and so by doing these things you acknowledge that you receive got the words that are given to you our soul is not called to be in idleness it is called to be virtuous 16th and final quality of a virtuous wife consists in her children rising up and calling her blessed her husband also, and he praises her. The symbol of the children of the virtuous wife is the grown by her tree of life, which produces its fruit 12 times a year in 12 months of the holy year, which are identified as promises grown in the Eden of our heart. And so these children are the fruit these are promises that have been grown in the Eden of our heart it's not possible to grow these promises not having grown the fruit of the spirit not possible to be as Satan saying thank you for the promises but not our promise is grown together with our fruit if the fruit stops then the promise does not grow either here the apostle showed it very interestingly in our children that the children bless her this is our fruit the fruit of our spirit that identifies specific promises that are grown in the Eden of our heart all of these promises need to be grown together with the character of Christ within us therefore the phrase her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also and he praises her means that the promises grown by us in the Eden of our heart will be erected in our body in the stronghold of incorruption due to which they become our blessing at the same time our husband in the form of our new person symbolizing our good conscience symbolizing our worship and symbolizing our intuition rises in the power of the resurrection of Christ and makes our thoughts, words, and actions good ones. And so, it's not just the Holy Spirit that can uh, hinder our prayer, our spirit in the form of our new person who represents our worship, intuition, and conscience and so when the Holy Spirit the cooperation of our husband our sacred person with our soul then the thoughts and words that have the right motives then reach the Father the Heavenly Father and so the fruit of our spirit demonstrated in the character of the Spirit of Christ and erected within the resurrection of Christ is contrary to the works of the flesh which is leprosy upon our clothing upon our body and upon our membership to the body of Christ and so amen let us pray and may we be blessed in this prayer let us bend our knees or our heads however who is comfortable and we will thank God for the word that Apostle Arkady has passed on to us and we will pray and thank him 
for receiving this food from afar and that it become ours. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we thank you for this great privilege to be upon this holy place which your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. We thank you that upon this place, this place has been attacked more than once by enemies to take it from your people, but you have shown your mercy you sent us your help and you allowed us to keep this place and we today ask allow us to find favor before your sight and allow us to keep ourselves in this service so that we not be plagued with the leprosy of sin so that our righteousness our membership to this to this place to this virtuous wife the bride of the lamb not be plagued and for this we thank you for our primary or first most purpose our oath the oath promises which you've given to us and have passed on to us from your apostle your messenger so that you may reveal to us what our calling consists of where we uh, deny the former way of life the old man we renew our mind with the spirit of our mind and by confessing with our meek or gentle mouth we are clothed into the new person that is in accordance to God in righteousness and holy truth allow us to find favor before your sight allow us to find favor and to be in favor before you so that we our soul be in this in accordance to the standards of the virtuous wife we thank you for the truth that you have given to us today we pray that the word that we have received we will be able to uh, receive from afar and that it be clearly written upon the tablets of our heart we pray that all of these promises that you have passed on to us at the door of our hope from our pastor brother Arkadi that they become the possession of all of our essence and that you grow them these promises together with our within our spirit with the character of Christ so that when you come for your church to fulfill the promises that you've told us about today that we be in accordance to your will that we be perfect in Jesus Christ as our Heavenly Father is perfect we thank you that today we can be clothed into your linen and purple. Thank you for the righteousness that is confirmed and rooted within us. We thank you and we pray today using the virtuous wife which we've obtained in the death of the Lord Jesus we, so that we separate from all carnal works, the works of the flesh and allow us our soul to obtain the status of the virtuous wife so that she can help the spirit grow the fruit of the spirit because the fruit of the spirit can't be grown without the soul 
which we lose in the death of the Lord Jesus and the soul cannot do receive anything not one promise without a broken spirit and so I thank you that in the death of the Lord Jesus our spirit it has been submerged because and has been, become broken and has obtained the status of the needy and poor and also our soul that obtains the status of the virtuous wife that together they can now grow by the confessions of our of our mouth and our good thoughts the confessions of faith those promises that you have placed upon our account in Jesus Christ we thank you for them we thank you for them and we receive them in your son Jesus Christ we thank you for your godly order which is within our essence that we have heard about today that our soul our renewed mind is an absolute dependence of the mind of Christ that is within our sacred person within our spirit and this allows us to acknowledge your order within the body of Christ allow us to thank you for the word that we have received today and to acknowledge your godly order in the form of the delegated authority that you have placed over us our leader brother Akari and our, his wife sister Tamara we pray for them that you show your mercy and we truly know that you save your anointed ones you respond to your righteous ones from your holy heavens and we pray for your mercy that the promises that were shown to us in your preached word presented in the oath promises that the power of healing and resurrection the resurrection of Christ would be able to fill the body of your saints we thank you and we again state upon this holy place may your resurrection may the resurrection of Christ be enthroned in our body we thank you for the resurrection of Christ for the life of Christ for the eternal spring for the healing of all of our organs and members uh, and the members of our body that today are submerged in the death of the Lord Jesus because of our confessions and we pray for the healing it is a part of the oath promises of the adoption of our body we thank you for the resurrection and we pray that you show us the sign the sign upon your saints and show the sign within the body of your body of your saints that all the enemies all your enemies that are our enemies be ashamed may you show the sign may you confirm the power of resurrection within our souls and within our bodies allow us to keep ourselves in salvation allow us to grow in salvation allow us to be confirmed and strengthened in salvation thank you for all of these pro- these promises that we have received and heard allow us now to confirm them within our life and may your name be blessed our great God Son and Holy Spirit Amen our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us finish with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever Amen